I'm Cadence Spuse. This is Real Fit uh, Podcast, what fitness really sounds like. And I'm here with my friend Katie Shepard. Hi, 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 hi. <laughs> who is also our producer. And today we're going to hear her story um, about her journey towards fitness, wellness, self love, all of the above. Um, I hope you enjoy. You just want me to just jump in there and just tell you a little bit about my story? Would that be the best thing? And also your many accomplishments, which I totally forgot in your introduction. Oh, it's okay. I, I, those, those type of things make me feel weird. Um, and are like accomplishment is like one of those like air quote, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like a CV builder, really. <laughs> um, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> other many podcasts though. that's nice that's a nice thing you said that's a good thing you said thank you because you have another season of coming out of so I'm gonna do a show a season called fat and confused and it's a podcast about the f word um it will be out when this semester of grad school ends <laughs> and I go to my parents house and eat my mom's food and have time to just sit and think about all the tape I've recorded that's sitting on my computer right now. Okay, so yeah, so I'm working on a podcast that's coming out called Fat and Confused, and it's a podcast about the F word. Um, Every episode is going to like kind of answer the questions, hopefully, or at least explore the questions that I always wished somebody would talk about when I was a girl, when I was a a wee lass. I grew up, a little bit about me, I grew up in North Carolina, uh, right in the thick of the Bible Belt, and I have always been uh, chubby, you know, like growing up, my dad would say that, uh, I remember once I was going to the movies, and he was like, oh, you know, you look like you got a life preserver under your shirt, and I was like, cool, won't be eating milk duds at the movies, Um, but he's a good person. He really is. It doesn't sound like he is based off that, but he's actually my favorite person in the whole world. Um, really good person, but we were never really sure growing up how to deal with our bodies, you know, cause we're like deeply suppressed Southern people that bodies are, and we're religious. So see it later. Like bodies are very shameful. They are to be hidden like sexuality, please. Like, uh, just all of, all of my external, external self was meant to be some type of punishment on my own person. Um, and you know, growing up, I had crushes, uh, still living that life. You know, it'll be fun to be, be, <laughs> be like 80 years old and be like, you had a lot of crushes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that like Louis Prima song where he's like, I ain't got nobody, you know, Maybe I can edit some of that in right there, but, um, that's me. So that's cool. Uh, but I, I, uh, had a crush on a guy in elementary school named David Westbrook and David Westbrook was like, real cute um I don't think he was nice but why would I like him if he was nice (laughs) yeah yeah um and I remember the captain of the cheerleading squad stopped me as I was taking the lunch orders to the cafeteria and was like do you think David would ever have a crush on you the first moment that was the first moment where I was like oh like people are different from each other and like 
girls that look one way get treated differently than girls that look another way because I'd always been like a jock and played basketball and soccer and you know ran around with my dog and love sports and loves I always like wanted to be as smart as the boys and as good as the boys I am my mother's child um but I never really thought about you know again that I am a body <laughs> um and so then I became really athletic in high school but I've always been big um I've always been I've always held extra weight and then, you know, some really difficult stuff happened, uh, went through, it's hard to say, um, it's hard to talk about, but it's like interesting that at some point I really, like, I have depression and PTSD and it was like a very interesting thing to realize that it was affecting my body, um, you know, I really am not into the super into the narrative of like person has detrimental experience happen and then they eat and then they want to cocoon and disappear from the world because it is like a trope. Um, but I mean, I guess it's a cliche for a reason because it happened to me it was like, I don't want people to look at me. I don't want people to see me. Um, I don't want to feel anything from the neck down. And so that is what I did. Uh, just like really developed a lot of self-hate behavior, uh, a lot of uh, just like internal negative dialogue or monologue. And then I got married because I was in love because one of those crushes crushed on me back. Um, and I remember when I got married, uh, I was like a size 28, I think, uh, I weighed over 300 pounds and I was happy. Like I was in love, but it was a weird thing to look at myself. Um, and it's a complex thing to even talk about now because I don't ever want to make anybody feel like whatever they weigh, that's like some problem for them. Um, because I want people to be like, I'm fabulous no matter what. But for me, it didn't feel good. And it didn't feel good because I knew that it was me denying my, th my thoughts. And it was a way for me to suppress things and I, a, a denial behavior. And so then I got a divorce and uh, I lost two people. Like I lost over 100 pounds and I lost a husband. So I just was like, I'm just going to shed everything that I had. And, you know, I can count. I've been very lucky. I can count on one hand the number of times some asshole at a party said some dumb thing to me. Um, that was like somehow my value is... Uh, it, it, reliant upon my waist circumference and it didn't matter that I was smarter than them or you know worked harder than them or whatever it was it was the fact that I was just like dehumanized down to my pant size and you know you develop two things simultaneously at once when you have to go through that it's like a an fu attitude of like I will come for your jugular um but then also like a, a real sense of like, e like empathy, 
that you start to see like, oh, everybody has their pain that they're going through. Uh, and certain types of pains just don't stop. And so I decided to start running and doing yoga because having depression and also having like traumatic experiences that I had to deal with, it was like being able to be in my mind allowed me to be in my body and being able to um, breathe and feel gratitude for even the parts of myself that felt the ugliest and that felt um, unworthy and to be able to just sit and like pay attention and be like oh like this is my body and I'm thankful for it exactly as it is and then it started to get stronger you know and I mean it's not perfect like I've gained back 10 pounds from losing like 110 115 pounds but you know it's always to me representative of stress and uh it's been a it's been a stressful time but it's also self-care in the sense of I'm still rocking my size 16 pant you know and on a good day I can get I can get into a 14 if need be but I guess at some point it was like oh no I am a body and I do have thighs and I do have a waist and I do have like sexual desire you know and and like I I deserve to feel like comfortable as myself and not how can I bend into myself or disappear into myself or wear clothes that make certain parts of myself hidden um and you know I, I, I once you lose all that weight there's all the skin um, and there's parts of you that like, they're always like, oh, you know, those are the hardest parts to lose. And you find yourself in a Weight Watchers class with other women who are holding up their shirts and they're like, look at my stomach, you know, and it's all hanging skin or whatever. And they're like, me too. And, and then you hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? But, but it's like, it was a, it's kind of, it's a lonely thing because, I think, I mean, I do think life is fundamentally lonely, um, not to get too existential, but I think, you know, for me, I was, I, when I started losing weight, I was living in New York and none of my friends, everybody struggles with something, but none of my friends struggled with their weight, not in the way that I was, you know, like they had to care about their body and care about their health. But for me, I would definitely say it was like capital S struggle. Um, like Kanaskard, my struggle, you know, and it was like I um, was always fighting to just be like a little bit better than the day before, and I don't even know what that means now, um, but, and I don't know what that will continue to mean as I get older, but I, I do think... I think then it meant like I am alone no one understands like basically the feelings of a 17 year old right like nobody understands what I've been through nobody understands what it is to be me and my body and nobody's getting in here um, and it was like a real bitterness almost of like well why don't other people have to portion their me or like why don't other people have to you know th constantly be thinking about this stuff and then you sort of realize like potentially I'm a jackass, right? Like, I, I, on one of the episodes of the podcast I've been working on, I got to speak with a nutritionist and she was like, and it, 
I was supposed to be documenting uh, what it is to lose weight. And instead, I was like, can you tell me how you do this with people? Um, But she's talking about, she's like a nutritional therapist. And she says that you have to understand that weight is just your vulnerability. And people have different vulnerabilities. It could be, you know, smoking. It could be alcohol. It could be whatever. But for you, like, or for whomever, weight is your vulnerability. It's your pressure point. And you can decide what to do with that vulnerability. Um, I know people in, like, the body positive community might, like, find conflict in that statement. But I find I find it very true. and maybe they're carrying extra weight they're they're totally fine about the extra weight like that's not where their thing is playing out or something I think she means like instead of being bitter or whatever that I have to figure out what to do with these like 30 pounds that are just like hanging on um is that I have to realize that like oh like I have a body that if I eat or do certain things then it will be not for it will not forgive me and that like just like somebody can like have an alcoholic beverage and it's a different experience for them and she deals primarily with food addiction so I I don't want anybody or everybody to feel that like neurotic about it but she like I do think a lot of times for me food and booze (laughs) you know were like ways to just like have control and it was like if I if this if if this tastes good then I'll feel good and I'll get that little like rush of whatever um yeah it's just I think it's been I I've I've said before I'm I'm very nervous about like heroes arcs um because I don't know who the hell has those (laughs) right um but I do think that you every day you just like constantly make a choice especially when you've lost the amount of weight that I've lost it's like probability is great that if you're not careful 100 pounds could be back on you in a second um and that's just like kind of sucks <laughs> um because you're just annoyed that that's like what you have to deal with but then if you can sort of sift through those very valid but also not productive feelings then you can like get up and like make better choices and be like okay this is just what I have been given to do um and I could have been given other more difficult tasks like I could have children (laughs) Uh, right (laughs) But, but but instead I have to like think about calories or whatever um but I do think the goal would one day be and I because that's the thing that I'm interested in is like I don't understand why with body positive stuff it has to be all fat or all thin right like why are people either like weight loss phenoms who are like you shred the weight you know like get down give me 50 or like if you lose any weight then you're turning your back on your own like self and you're saying you're not perfect exactly the way that you are and I just think life is a little bit more gray than that I think it's like 
what is what does it mean to like feel good but like and <laughs> I, I had a, the nutritionist I work with said if I could figure out this question then she would go into business with me but it's like what how do you teach someone to love themselves exactly where they are but also that it's okay to change simultaneously I mean, that's that's a huge interest for me as well just in terms of um I think most people and most stories that I hear the weight loss is motivated from self-hate and bitterness and there and there's a time when a person goes yeah but right after college I got so thin and all stuff and then I'll dive into that with them a little bit more and they're like well I really was miserable and I was just smoking all the time and I just broken up with someone and I was crying all the time and so I wasn't eating and you're like cool that's uh <laughs> let's let's not look at that as the high point um but even for myself I found that too there was such a arc of moving from kind of punishment and control like how can I make the world somehow bend to a a more uh structured like less frightening place um to being like I don't know I'm just gonna sometimes have chips because they're delicious and life is short you know um and then then coming to another arc where uh as you I don't even want to say as you get older because actually um putting on weight as you get older has much more to do about becoming more and more sedentary as you get older but just um as I've become not a teenager running around or not hustling the way that I was in my early 20s in New York and probably being more sedentary because of that just recognizing that one's body responds to its input and and uh and so having to be more careful in order to maintain a body that I feel like best expresses me from the inside out feels most like my home um how do you not let those old voices come back of like the bitterness and self-hate because it's almost like the body memory of how we did this last time oh I guess I have to hate myself into changing but being like no what if I love myself into a new choice what if I love myself into like you know what I don't need to drink anything when I go out to dinner with these people because I just don't need those extra drinks or whatever I don't need I mean to be totally shape magazine about it I don't need those extra calories that night I'm just sitting on my butt with my friends so I'm just gonna make a different choice um I think that's uh that's a magical question to love yourself into change and what and what what is the change representing you know what's the starting point that you're coming from you know why is one wanting to change for what goal for what purpose um I think that's like maybe the the question for the new era of fitness and wellness rather than all this black and white extremism and i also think too it's like (sighs) a a thing i'm interested in is i'm always i'm people are always interested in like the big reveal i mean please believe i will just fast forward to that part of the show i'll be like first five minutes last five minutes i'm sure you had some transformation in the middle um where like someone dressed you and cut your hair but (laughs) I also think, like, what we don't talk about enough is that, like, people's minds don't change. So, like, that amount of weight came off of me, but I still remember those five guys at parties calling me a fat ass or calling me fat and ugly or whatever. Um, And it's like cool like somehow like I can fit into quote-unquote regular clothes but I still remember what it was like to for all of college to not be able to go into any store 
and go shopping with my friends. And like, meanwhile, you're kind of like, and like, weight is this interesting thing because it's like, like, can I, it's one of those things that you cannot exist with on a personal level because everyone can see it, right? Like I could have depression and people could see like, maybe I didn't brush my hair today, which is also true. <laughs> but, uh, but like when you have, when you are fluctuating within your weight, whether it's up or down, it is very public and people feel obligated or obliged to comment on it. And so, and we're like, you know, community driven creatures. So we're like, validate me through and then please don't even get me into the patriarchy like see you never will this episode will go on forever but like how much of my sense of worth was like rooted in whether or not I was fuckable and to whom quite honestly as I get older let me tell you but but you know what I mean it's like but I I also think that like so much of my sense of worth was wrapped up not in whether or not I was like felt good and strong and healthy and could run and you know play volleyball with the rest of them but it was like whether or not I could get that pant size whether or not I could get that shirt on and I don't know like it still bothers me often um most of what I write about is that I'm making a podcast about it (laughs) um to be like can you tell me the answer because I don't know um but I do think it's like yeah I think it's much more gray than the current state of affairs which is and I don't mean gray in like an abysmal sense I mean gray and like yeah yeah it's a complex issue and I think it isn't I think it's far more to do with mental health. And I am not sitting here saying that people that are overweight have a mental health problem. I'm saying that I think being in your body is about being in your mind. And the two are connected. And like if you feel a certain kind of way, like you feel a certain kind of way. And if you don't, you don't. I just wish that. I'm going to PSA here. The greatest thing I ever did, other than take up running, I ran a half marathon this year, um, but it was get a therapist. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, like, on real fit if we're getting that kind of real, but, but, like, I do think being able to be like, okay, well, here I am in a smaller pant in spaces where people, I'm visible all of a sudden. Like, before I was in, I was the jovial friend you know, and now I'm visible, and as I have a different kind of body power, and it's somebody to just, like, talk to about that, (laughs) who aren't your friends that are like, come on, or your mom that's like, you're perfect, but somebody that's, like, not any of those people, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had so many thoughts while you were saying many things, um, similar I think the episode that I recorded recently which I don't know if we're going to put up because I recorded it in my car so the sound might be terrible (laughs) um but I was saying a similar thing about the the uh, when you gain or lose weight it's on the outside and so I was lamenting that I wish that my personal self-care choices didn't 
resonate on the outside of my body because they are personal and because gaining weight and losing weight is so political essentially and so it seems like a commentary on something and that and I was talking about in that episode that um, as my Trump depression is slowly lifting um, and I'm feeling really tell me how oh my god <laughs> my experiences at the women's convention okay. mainly and some insider insider info I have from some well-connected clients um, impeachment impeachment <laughs> it's all coming <laughs> Um, so I start, you know, I was recognizing that, okay, my, my, I'm feeling re-energized to take more, you know, care for myself, which for me in this moment, in other moments, it's different, but in this moment just means kind of, uh, restructuring, you know, just being, having more clarity about my choices day to day. And anytime there's just like more precision in something, basically I'm going to be pairing things away. I'm going to be just making... I have space in my mind that is not just filled with fear and anxiety that now I can actually look at something and go, what am I eating for dinner tonight? What have I eaten today? Let me make a choice based on all of those factors and how I'm feeling and how hungry I am and all of these things as opposed to just coming home and like curling into a ball and ordering takeout and uh, trying to watch a cartoon so that I don't burst into tears for the rest of the night, which was, you know, most of my winter. Um, Winter's coming. I don't, I don't want to get too Game of Thronesies on you, but better get that self-care plan in place. <laughs> We're in a new place. Um, but I'm sorry that the effects of that mean that most likely I will shave a few pounds because I don't want that to be a commentary on anyone else or really uh, make it seem like a commentary on what I feel like I should look like. You know what I mean? Because um, if anyone comments and they say like, oh, you look good, have you blah, 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 it's like, I don't even know how to answer that. Like, what does that even mean? Because I didn't think that I looked bad any other time or I, I didn't feel that my behavior was even negative. Um, I guess for me, like what's really come up is I'll get compliments. Oh, you look great. And I feel bad. First of all, I know what, what I've been eating and it's like not right, but it's to like, you know, keep things low or stress eat or whatever or not like avoid stress eating but I think like there is nothing like feeling good like you could have the most incredible people tell you you look great and it's not the same as if it's like in your own body and I think that to me has become my definition of wellness and fitness is like it's not tethered to numbers um but it is more to like do I feel good when I sit? Do I feel good when I finish running? Or do my knees want to just like give out? Do I, like, if I hold a plank, can I not bend over and get my book bag for the next week, right? Like, it's like, those, those are the things that, to me, are indicative of, of health. Yeah, I think, I feel like maybe we've talked about this before, maybe we haven't, but that's so much of my own philosophy that I try to bring to my clients, but that I have but because it comes from myself and even in my own family, just growing up, um, you know, a freedom in your body is wellness in your body. You know, I don't want my body to hold me back. I, I, I feel so grateful when I do something like, you know, 
I mean, we're a small business. So Manuel and I put our whole floor in at the other studio ourselves, which was like literally laborious labor, like on hands and knees and like sawing for 12 hours straight. I'm not kidding. 12 from 12 to 12 sawing and hauling things and doing all this stuff. And I was just so grateful that I could do that and not be in terrible pain. And then the next day just be like a little sore, you know, because I'm strong and because I take care of myself. Um, and just having the options to take up activities or do more glamorous things like, you know, take a dance class and not have to have felt like, oh, well, I need to do all these things to prepare for that. Or I haven't taken class in a long time, but just be like, I, I'm in good shape. I can go and do that and enjoy myself and be free to have that experience. Um, I think that's the ultimate wellness is freedom in your own body, um, for whatever you want to be using your body for. And to that point, for all the ladies and gentlemen and whomever out there that might be listening to this, that when I first started going to yoga in North Brooklyn, I was the only fat person in the room. All only like even in the studio I go to now, I am the only person that is above a size 14 there. And for a while, I was like everybody is watching me. Everybody's like can the fat girl hold crow, right? And then the greatest freedom ever was the day where you realize nobody is looking at you. Yeah. And like when you go for a run, if somebody's looking at you, it's because they're jealous that you're running, you know? And so it's like, I just would like to say that you are going to feel most likely if you're a human being weird and bad and vulnerable when you go to a workout class at first, but then like no decent teacher under the sun is going to ever like shame you you want to be in a space where you feel like I'm here to grow because your body is like as important as any other body in there yeah and exactly if someone does shame you then that's they're a terrible teacher and then that's not the space for you and if you are in a yoga class where you feel like people are actually looking at you in a judgmental way well then that place sucks you know and don't take that as like see I told you that would happen that just means go to a different place because i as, there are other people. Yeah, because uh, as someone who has not been the largest person in the room, I definitely have been in yoga studios where I did feel out of place just because I wasn't wearing like a crop top and like tiny shorts. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was fashion yoga class. <laughs> I just came in my stained leggings that I just have in the bottom of my bag for when I want to take classes. Um, so that experience can happen to anybody in a variety of different ways. You just find a different place, you know. It doesn't have to be yoga, but you know, you can just find a different, different venue for you to try getting in your body. Maybe that's a good like final message for like the whole idea of this episode is like finding a new place. It's like finding a new place in your mind, finding a new place where people support you in your body, like not being afraid to. I mean, like I remember being a camp counselor in college and they did this thing where they had to like everybody had to hold you and pull you through this wire fence <laughs> i don't know bonding i don't know i don't know yeah it was then there were trust fall yes yeah yeah but imagine it's like having a group of like 
seven girls yeah hold up your body and they're like grunting and like and you're like no one's ever going to make out with me if anybody videos this but also like whatever (laughs) But, but it's like I just remember being traumatized by that experience and and then and then somehow like emerged like captain of all the sports teams because I was like you know or had previously been and then went back and forth to it but it's like I don't know bodies are weird that's just like my tagline for this year it's like being a body is a weird thing and like try to be in spaces where like anybody that wants to make you feel weird because you're in your body is like just feeling just as weird in theirs and they're projecting 10 out of 10 and also as someone who teaches tons of different bodies um very skinny women have just the same amount of weird issues and they have very weird experiences and if anything they're constantly getting the message oh you must already be so fit you must have everything together and in a strange way they almost sometimes have to shout louder to be like I am in trouble please stop telling me I'm doing everything right and often are uh, very weak and uncoordinated and don't work out because they think that they're not supposed to since they're already thin or all these things so they miss out on getting inside their bodies and feeling their bodies and they are only getting this um outside feedback that's very you know exteriorly based and uh that can be just as painful and awkward so um you know if you see some skinny lady like running on the treadmill don't don't instantly hate on her just because you think like she's got it all together she's probably wondering you know what you're up to and wishing that she could be as relaxed as you seem to be or something like that. I mean, it goes back to that thing of like, it's not all fat or all thin, right? Like there, it's got to start living in some like intersectionality and complexity because like, I don't know. I just think health and fitness, it'll be cool to see how it evolves. Well, I I was also reading that comment about uh, that the nutritionist made about extra weight being one's vulnerability in a different way where I was thinking oh like when you're softer you're sort of more vulnerable you're so like feminine and like smushy and like like I was thinking like and then like the extreme of that the softer you get to the point where you're like this large creamy mountain is like a very vulnerable body because it's maybe it's like harder to run away or something but on the other hand it's almost like this fully uh like just like the over luxuriousness of the body and that's for so many people losing weight is like becoming less vulnerable you're like hardening yourself like for the for the you know for the fight or something it's like Demi Moore doing pull-ups with a shaved head or like that Atomic Blonde movie that came out it's like these very thin ripped women that are always like kind of violent and mannish in some ways so um and I always catch myself in that when I do fall into a thing of like when it's not coming from a place of self-care, but when it's like, ooh, I feel fat, like whatever that means, it usually is me feeling out of control and wanting to feel not vulnerable, like wanting to cut any anything that would seem soft, essentially, in a totally metaphoric way that is so easily placed on our bodies. And at least I'm smart enough, basically, that I've learned that that's just a trigger and just to be like, yeah, it's a great metaphor, so thanks, brain. Let's move on to figure out what we're really talking about, you know. Well, damn. You know, it's like minds and bodies and the connection between the two is incredible. And I just, I don't know. I just want to say, like, just, like, 
one, be nice to yourself. Because it's a tough world and, you know, people are doing the best they can, a lot of them. But, like, you got to be nice to yourself because no, there's nobody that's going to be like, you look great. It's going to make you feel as good as you being like, this is the skin we're in. I think no one ever believes me, but some people do. And when they do, they see changes. <laughs> but you can be nice to yourself out of very terrible habits and out of very painful dialogues that you're having with yourself monologues as you smartly pointed out um you can be nice to yourself out of a very like food addictive state and i remember once counseling this girl who was so afraid that if she let herself eat chocolate she would eat it all day and i said why don't you just eat chocolate and i promise you you might eat it all day one day but i really don't think you're gonna eat it all day more than one or two days and then once that's gone you'll you'll be in a new place you'll have discovered something else about yourself and she trusted me and she said you're right for one day I ate chocolate like anytime I wanted and then by the next day I really didn't need to do that anymore and now I'm not being a person who's a grown-up who's literally afraid of chocolate now she has more space in her mind to be a different person so in the be more in the gray be more in the the middle yeah cool Thanks for having me on here. Thanks, Katie. We yeah. wouldn't we wouldn't be real fit without you. Literally, because Katie named the podcast. She's super smart. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes. So this was Real Fit. Thank you very much. I'm Kate Instabuse. I'm Katie Shepard. But I'm gonna go back to not being on tape and just cutting it. So <laughs> And we've been recording here at Brooklyn Strength, our main studio on Columbia Place in our main space sitting on a Cadillac, which is awesome. Which for people who don't know. This is called a Cadillac? We've been sitting on a Cadillac the whole time. It's a giant piece of Pilates equipment.